before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and as always, I am so grateful to have the opportunity to spend some time with you today. So thank you for inviting me into your home, your car, or your earbuds. Either one, any way you slice it, I'm grateful to be here with you. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I want to share a quote that resonated with me. And it says, step out of the history that is holding you back. Step into the new story you are willing to create. And those beautiful words came to us by the one and only Oprah Winfrey. Now, today we sit down with Ashley Arthur. And Ashley is a former restaurateur turned short-term rental investor. She went from having 25 employees and working 16-hour days to living a life that she loves by design. And we are here to hear about her journey. So without further ado, let's dive in to my conversation with Ashley. So today we are joined by Ashley Arthur, and we are going to have a very fun conversation. But first, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Stacy. Thanks for having me. I just want to say I'm going to fangirl out for a second. I love you and everything you do for our community. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. That makes my whole day. And the pleasure is mine. So I love, love, love our community. All right, so let's start off. And what I'm going to do is just have you share with our listeners a little bit about who you are and where you are located in the world. Great. I am Ashley Arthur, and I currently reside in Portland, Oregon, and I'm a real estate broker and an investor. I love that. So I'm just curious, how long have you been a real estate broker? How long have you been in the the real estate game, shall we say? This is my eighth year. So 2016. So it's been been a minute. Been a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. And talk to us a little bit about your current short-term rental portfolio. So I currently have two short-term rentals in Lincoln City, Oregon. One is a very unique property. It's an A-frame. It is amazing, beautiful. I love it. Performs really well. And the other one we just launched in December. And that one is a larger home because we wanted to be able to accommodate bigger groups like families. And it's on a canal in between the ocean and a lake. And you can actually kayak from the back deck out to the lake. Wow. Okay. That sounds fun. (laughs) So I want to understand your 
entry into the world of short-term rentals. Correct me if I'm wrong, you got started investing in short-term rentals during the pandemic. You are correct. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about that journey. So 2010, my husband and I started a food cart and then we built that into a very, very large business with a cafe, then a restaurant and 25 employees over a million in revenue a year. And 2016, I got my real estate license and decided I wanted to kind of start to shift into real estate investing. And at that time, there was only bigger pockets. There weren't as many podcasts or coaches out there. So I thought this is the best way for me to learn and get my feet wet. So we had purchased a home, we purchased another home, and then we were really ready. So 2020 came, we had actually listed our restaurant for sale because we were so burnt out and we were ready to do something different. And we've put an offer on an A-frame in Lincoln City. And so it was a fixer and we actually did not get our offer accepted. There were seven offers and we were offered backup. I always recommend to all my clients, take backup. It doesn't hurt anything. You never know what could happen. Mm -hmm. And in our situation, the first position had offered such a high price that they had asked for $40,000 in repairs. There so you go. We were put into first position and we were more reasonable in our repair request, although we did get a good chunk of change back. Mm -hmm. And we decided we're going to start out here and this is going to be our first vacation rental. We're going to get to use it as our own family vacation rental and we're going to do a light remodel. So we closed on March 16th. And that was the same day that Oregon closed restaurants, <laughs> vacation rentals, and hotels. And we were like, what did we do? This is a huge financial mistake. Now we have no income. We did have a good amount of savings because we're very financially responsible people. But we had no income and we didn't know what to do. And we're like, we just made a huge, huge mistake. So we packed up ourselves and our two dogs and we headed to the coast and decided we were going to quarantine in this fixer upper. The owners of the home had left all the furniture because they couldn't get down to remove it. So we had a bunch of personal property and stuff that we just, you know, had to find a new home for. And we decided that we were going to do this light remodel. But during the time of quarantine, that light remodel turned into a full gut job. So we were literally living on camp chairs, hot plates with two dogs, like in a, in a disaster. And I'm like, what have we done with wrong <laughs> our life to end up at this point? Right. Okay. So let's pause and unpack that because I have so many questions. So in 2016, when you got your real estate license, had you been investing in other types of asset classes. So long-term rentals or multifamily, anything like that. Yeah. So we started, we made our first purchase before I was licensed and we were like house hacking. So we rented rooms in our house. And then we found another opportunity with a house with an ADU. So then we moved into that. We rented the other house, rented the ADU. And suddenly we were already like practically mortgage free at that point. Amazing. Yeah. So we mm -hmm. had that going and we had wanted to do short term on the ADU, but with the time and how much time we put into the restaurant, we didn't see that it was possible to manage it. 
Gotcha. All right. So I do want to ask you about the restaurant because obviously it is such a unique thing that, you know, you have a a food truck and then you open a cafe and then you open a restaurant and, you know, you're doing seven figures. I want to understand from your perspective, what leadership skills you learned from that experience and how they have actually translated into your world of short-term rentals? Great question. One of the reasons we were so successful is we really appreciate and are grateful for every customer that walks through that door. And I think having gratitude in your business is really important. And then wanting to put out a quality product every single time. And that can require a high level of management. Amen. Amen to that. I love that. And now I'm really curious, what type of food did we have at this restaurant? So we did, we're really famous for our waffles. So it was brunch, but we were open all the way through dinner at night. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So I'm just backtracking a little bit. We have a restaurant and I'm assuming along with that restaurant came very long work hours. Yeah. We work sometimes 16 hour days frequently and we made a lot of sacrifice, missed weddings, missed vacations, putting off our own personal family goals, things of that nature. So when we decided to sell, that was one of the main impetuses. Like We're ready to start a family and really focus on our personal growth instead of our professional growth. And that was, I'm sure, a very bold leap and a very courageous leap as well. Is it something that you and your husband had planned for a while or did it feel more of a knee-jerk reaction based on a breaking point. Talk to us a little bit about that thought process, if you will. At that point, we were almost to a decade of, you know, the restaurant and the food truck and everything. And so Mm -hmm. we were really burnt out and we were just feeling a tug to do something different. And we were also getting older. You know, it was the American dream and we made it happen. But time keeps marching on and we were like, we need to find an easier way. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. That led us to short-term rentals. I love that. And to your very point, real estate is one of the most powerful ways to build wealth, obviously, and be proactive about your retirement plan or exit from a previous career certainly has afforded me and you and, and so many others the ability to do that. I'm curious when you closed on your short-term rental and the world shut down at the very same time. I know obviously you had a lot of fear in your mind and very naturally because of you know what was happening. How did you get through that? What did you do to allay those fears and keep moving forward with your goals and dreams? I think for us deep down, we've always had a sense that if you work hard, you're nice to people, and you just keep going, moving forward, one foot in front of the other, you can reach your goals. And I think it's creating the goal and then just keep going step by step, laying it out, and then know that eventually you will get there. So it took a lot of faith, like blind faith, but I think that was the same when we opened a food cart. Right. It's just like, let's do this. This is a good idea. This sounds right. This feels right. Yeah. The trust in yourself, 
Trust in yourself. I love that. And I think that's so important and something that a lot of people may struggle with because I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so, you know, perfectionism really, really gets in the way of trusting yourself and feeling okay to put one foot in front of the other. It can be crippling. I'm curious, and correct me if I'm wrong, your restaurant you owned with your husband as well. Is that accurate? Correct. How does that dynamic work? Have you both always been in lockstep with one another or has one been nudging the other? Talk to us about that. I think we hold two different roles and I tend to be the visionary and he tends to be the implementer, which is just such a perfect union of people. Yeah. So when I have an idea, he either is full support or he pulls me back down to reality. So that is so important. And then we have always clearly defined roles in our relationship and in our work. So in the restaurant, I was front of house. I did customer service, management of front of house employees, and he was back of house. He did the kitchen, you know, cooking sometimes, training people, ordering, all that stuff back there. So we've found that in our work with short-term rentals, we've done the exact same thing and it's worked really, really well. So he had a background when he was younger in roofing and doing some contracting work. So he ended up getting his general contractor license. And so he does more of the hands-on managing people, build outs, that kind of thing. And then I do essentially the front of house. That's so great. And I love that you have obviously naturally kind of fit into those roles, but to your point, clearly defining those roles and responsibilities and knowing exactly who's doing what saves so much headache. It saves so many arguments. I'm sure you found the same. Yeah. And leaning into our innate abilities has been really just a game changer for us. I think there are times in our life, or at least in my life, where I try to do things or be someone that I'm not. And when I lean into my core genius of what I'm good at and do those tasks and let him do his tasks, we are really, really successful at everything we do. And when I try to make myself someone I'm not or try to do everything just because I can, we can't do everything. So yeah, leaning in and understanding all that has been been I love that you're talking about zone of genius because I am very very much in the same mind mindset where I can do some things I am really good at some things and I'm not so great at others and what I have found it sounds very similar to you that when I lean into my genius zone and I'm operating in that space I can get leaps ahead of where I would be had I done something alternately where I'm trying to do everything and just be in my genius zone for a few minutes, right? So it's really delegating to elevate yourself, delegating work to our team really, really frees you up to operate in that genius zone. Absolutely. Delegate to elevate. I love that. I'm going to write it down and keep it. Write it down and keep it. It's Gino Wickman, who actually is the founder of the EOS system and the visionary versus integrator test. I love that 
that you know you're a visionary. I'm curious too, from your perspective, have you always known what your genius zone is? Have you learned that over time? How did you discover what your genius zone is? It's definitely been with my partner's support. I had a W-2. I've worked in offices and just, it hasn't worked for me. It's not for me. Systems aren't for me, certain things. And I've always been a more of a creative. And so I love that, but that was always a hobby and not a job. And I've always been a very social person. So I love to socialize. So those pieces fell into place. Right. It's funny. I think also for me, hearing how other people describe what I'm good at is enlightening for me because sometimes it's difficult for us to look in the mirror and recognize just right off the bat, hey, what's my zone of genius? Where's my genius zone? Over time, you kind of develop a skill to recognize that. And for me, I recognize what I feel like when I'm operating in my genius zone. So if something feels very heavy or if I'm procrastinating something. Yes. I, do you have the same thing? I Yeah, I have the same thing. Someone recently told me there's two kinds of people. There's a pile person or a file person. And okay. I am a pile person and I have tried to be a file person, a systems-based person a lot of my life. And it's hard. It's difficult. I procrastinate terribly. Now I find people who can help me with that. Amen. You know, it's funny. I've never heard the file person versus pile person. And it's interesting too, how some people can be double gated. So I would say in my work, I'm very much a file person. At home, I'm a pile person. Yeah. And I've never taken the file person, file person versus pile person test. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting to hear it described like that. I've never, never heard that before. Very cool. All right. So you sold your restaurant business. You yeah. closed on this fixer upper. Talk mm -hmm. to us about the length of the rehab. How long did that take? So I think we're all familiar with supply chain issues at this point and how that happened over the last few years and still happening in some cases. So it took a year. Okay. That's but yeah, by 2021, we, we launched the beginning. All right. So your rehab took a year. And I know that those 12 months had to have been an emotional roller coaster as you were going through this rehab process. Talk to us about what your biggest challenge was during that rehab and how you navigated it. I think at that time, our biggest challenge was finding help. So we were going back and forth between the Oregon coast and Portland and reopening, closing, reopening, closing a restaurant during that time as we were able and navigating all that. So we had looked for someone to help us. We eventually found one person and him, his wife and his daughter ended up helping us with the remodel, if you can believe it. It was like a family affair because they were in their bubble. There you go. Yeah. So that was that was a challenge, but it got resolved and and we still work with him. We still have him do work for us out on the Oregon coast. 
I love that. I love that. This podcast is brought to you in part by InHaven. You know, it seems obvious, but it's true. Guests feel more comfortable and are more likely to recommend your property when they feel like they're well taken care of. InHaven is your one-stop shop for hosting essentials like hypoallergenic sheets, luxe towels, durable kitchenware, and oh, my friends, do they have all the decorative accents. And all of InHaven's products will make your property feel like it's a true getaway for anyone that stays. Now, InHaven also makes shopping for your rental so much fun because it's so easy and way more affordable than driving all over town. Plus, sign up is free for all short-term rental hosts. And to say thank you for listening to my podcast, you can now get $50 off your first order. All you have to do is go to inhaven.com backslash sister, start shopping, and enter the code sister at checkout to snag your 50 bucks off. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back into the podcast. Now, I'm curious, you mentioned that you were or always have been financially responsible. As you were looking to invest in real estate full-time, were there certain things you wanted to have in place from a financial standpoint? Or were there certain key metrics that you were looking for to say, okay, I feel comfortable that I am financially free? Talk to us again a little bit about your approach to that. Yeah, we just recently went over our budget again. It changes all the time. And so that is something that's constantly evolving and you have to reassess it and look at it. It's not fun for me, but it's just something that needs to be done. So we frequently look at our budget and then look at our income. And then it's pretty easy to see what's going on and if we need to increase things or decrease spending. So we've we've you know increased our portfolio at times and then we've decreased spending at times depending on what what we need to do. Love that. Love that. And I'm curious as you continue to buy property, are you if I might ask, are you purchasing them with cash? Are you doing joint ventures? Are you getting loans? What is your financial model to your real estate acquisitions? Yeah, we get loans. And recently we moved into DSCR, debt service coverage ratio loans, because we max out our debt to income ratio pretty quickly. We've always been good at keeping cash reserves for down payments and such. So that's what we've we've done more recently on the last two purchases. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm a strong believer in a diversified portfolio. So I have midterm, long-term and short-term. So all of those bring in cash flow, and they all have different degrees of management. You know, short-term is sure. my favorite though. So why? Tell us why. Why is it your favorite? It's fun. I love design. I love when people come and they're so happy and you know, we leave little treats for them and do all these nice things that just show we care. And the interactions are just so positive and getting those positive re- reviews. It's just like, that's always been a huge thing in the restaurant and on Airbnb and VRBO. So I I just love that reading what people think of our space and, and figuring out how we can improve it over time. I love doing that. I love putting back into it. 
So last year at the A-frame, we added a sauna, a barrel sauna. So it's like super cute. Everybody loves it. So it's just like one more thing we could do. We got to build the sauna while I was like ready to pop, ready to have baby. So I have a video wow. of me like putting a sauna together, right? <laughs> nine months pregnant. Wow. That, that had to be interesting. I don't know. I think I might've just sat on the couch and said, Hey, honey, can you put this together for me? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a two person job. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And so I'm curious. So you've got short-term rentals, mid-term rentals, and long-term rentals with your mid-terms and your long-terms. Are they within close proximity? To either where you live or where your your A frame or other rentals are, mid midterms are in Portland, so I ended up turning that ADU into a midterm, and we're about to turn our the front house into a midterm as well, and then the long terms are actually in Spokane, Washington. So we really like the Spokane market, and Portland is less friendly these days, unfortunately. So. We found that even though Washington is strict as well, we found it more reasonable and, and fair. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm curious, I know you mentioned, you know, each one takes a different level of management. You have utilized property managers and co-hosts, correct? Correct. And you're considering the potential of self-managing. What types of things are going through your mind as you're weighing that decision? I think for me in the past, so I have a coach. I'm a big proponent in having coaches and investing in yourself. And so for a while, my coach has been saying, you need to self-manage. And so I said, no, no, I don't want to do it. I, I want passive income. I don't want to be answering people, guests in the middle of the night about a clogged toilet or some other, you know, getting locked out, things of that nature. And he says, well, you can, you can get help with that, those pieces. Yeah. So I've been fairly resistant over time, but I think I'm finally at the place where I'm, I'm ready. My co-hosts have told me that I'm highly involved. I am their most involved owner. <laughs> There you go. Take that as a compliment, girl. Yeah. And they're like, you would be great at hosting. They're like, you should just do it. Take the leap. So, you know, this is such an interesting topic because my team, I, I self-manage. Okay. And I'm a licensed property manager. So I manage properties, manage short-term rentals for other people. And my cleaning and quality control team say that my attention to detail is like no other. And I take that as a compliment as well. I definitely think that when I started, well, I know when I started, I was actually with a third-party property manager, okay? Mm -hmm. And when I made the shift to self-management, I had a co-host. So I've always had people around me and I have leveraged again, a team-based model. So I've built out a team under me. So although I'm self-managing and I'm managing a portfolio of properties, I personally am not getting phone calls, you know, because of a, a toilet that needs repair. And so your coach is absolutely correct. You can very intentionally build the infrastructure inside your business so that 
you still can have the freedom that you want with your time, but you have more control over your business. So kudos to your coach. And I would also encourage you to lean into that model because it will ultimately be more profitable for you as well. Yeah. I've been so great at engaging my customers over the years through all the different businesses. So I think it's it's probably time. But I think it's always important to reevaluate your needs and be willing and open to pivot if you need to at any time. And I may pivot back to a co-host model. We'll see. You know, it yeah. depends on on how the future goes. Well, and I think that is a really, really important thing to call out. You know, it's funny. There are seven key reasons why a lot of businesses fail. And one of those key reasons is refusal to pivot. Mm -hmm. And so I really believe wholeheartedly that we have got to lean into not only our genius zones, lean into data and metrics, understand and be able to forecast when that pivot may need to come. And ideally you're pivoting before, you know, the sharp turn needs to happen. But I think that's really astute to point out that, you know, hey, you're, you may pivot into self-management, but you're keeping your options open to potentially pivot back. I think that's beautiful. So what is next in your own journey? So I mentioned that we're getting ready to midterm our, our house, and we are going to hit the road with our now one-year-old daughter and oh. our dog, Jack, Island Jack. And we are going to go across the country and take a gap year or a mini retirement. I don't know about you, but through the pandemic, uh, my real estate business was going crazy. Yeah. It worked like crazy. So I ended up transferring what all the energy I'd put into that restaurant right into my real estate career. because it was so busy. And now I'm ready to really spend time with my daughter. We love national parks. We want to go see the fall colors in Maine. We want to make a whole trip and see all the things that we put off for so long because time is of the essence. And, you know, time is our much our most valuable asset. Yeah. And we have yeah. to honor that and really give to that. So that's what we're doing. We're really excited and we're looking at modes of transportation now and evaluating that if we're going to get a van or stay mm-hmm. in 30 day short-term rentals along the way. Right. So that's, that's what we're leaning towards now. Oh my gosh. That sounds like such a fun adventure. I do feel like you're going to need to document this journey, this trip, whether it is, you know, writing a book or doing a video blog or something like that, because not many people decide to take a year long adventure. And I think you could really help educate and inspire people through your own travels. So that sounds super fun. I'm curious if you have thought about an RV. Like I know some people who are living in RVs and they just go from city to city. Are you thinking an RV is an option or are you wanting to stay in a home during your travels? We have considered it and nothing's off the table at this point. We're still very much in planning mode, uh, but we think with 
a baby and a dog, it will be easier <laughs> to have places to stay. And we want to support other people on our journey. Like we love short-term rentals. We like midterm rentals. So we just want to get out there and stay in really neat places. Yeah. Right. In these yeah. areas that we want to see and then have a place to shoot off from. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you are living intentionally. You know, again, I feel like there are so many people I come across who have a mindset that life just happens, you know, Mm -hmm. that they are only dealt a certain hand of cards and that's what it is. And, you know, they just have to deal with it. And I love hearing your story because you're very much like me where we do things very intentionally. We set out for, all right, if I want to do this, then it's reverse engineering. How am I going to make that happen? I just want to say kudos to you for- Absolutely. Thank you. I love that reverse engineering. That's definitely like work your way back, like see the end goal, vision it, know you're going to do it, and then figure out how you're going to get there. Exactly. And when it comes to goals, you know, to your point, looking at goals from a macro perspective, big picture, and then getting much more detailed from a timing perspective, you know, working backwards, but also micro goals. It's really important that we celebrate those small wins along the way because a bunch of small wins add up to a big win over time. Absolutely. Okay, I want to move into the lightning round. So Ashley, what I'm going to ask you to do is answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And hopefully these will be pretty easy. First lightning round question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? Hawaii. Yes. We love love Hawaii. I love me from Hawaii. So unplug and just like be, it's so beautiful. There's so much nature, whale watching, like we've done so many adventures out there in Hawaii and the snorkeling. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And the culture is infectious in a way that you are able to relax or I'm able to relax. Do you have favorite islands? We've only been to Kauai and Maui. And so we've gone back and forth. But now after we did this epic whale watching adventure in Maui, where I saw a whale blow a rainbow out of his out. Yes. Wow. A whale bow. A whale and bow. So after that, I was like, now it's Maui. It's Maui. <laughs> That's awesome. One of our favorite things about Hawaii is the cuisine. Mm. And just being able to, it sounds so silly, but in Ohio, the pineapple is good seasonally. And you go out there and it is like candy. It is like it's so sweet. Sorry, I'm I, I'm digressing. I'm thinking about pineapple, but the sugar loaf pineapple. It's, it's so good. It's amazing. Okay. So what is one place you've never been that you want to visit? So Portugal. Now that is an interesting answer. Tell us about that. My mom has loved Portugal for a while and wanted to go. And so she kind of turned me on to the idea. And there's an island there that they call the Hawaii of Europe. So I definitely want to go there. (laughs) And it's just supposed to have a lovely, beautiful culture that's just very welcoming. And it's supposed to be just beautiful. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. What's one thing you know now 
that you wished you knew when you were starting out in short-term rentals? You've like almost stumped me. I'm going to come to something. <laughs> What's one thing that surprised you? <clears throat> you know, one thing that I think is so important. So we had a little bit of a journey with our cleaners is we had a cleaning company. Our favorite person split off, started a new cleaning company. We switched to her. We kept retained her at the A-frame and then had her at the new property, but she was very expensive. And so then we shopped around, found a cheaper company through Turno and used them for a while. And then when I checked up on things, it was not in the condition that I would, that I approve of. Now we flipped back to that cleaner at the more expensive price. And so I think just knowing, like getting good quality people and sticking with it, like, thank God they've stuck with me, you know? Well, you know, my wishy-washiness, I think they they understand, (laughs) you know, price is important, but having boots on the ground and those people that can watch your property and are willing to, you know, do the baseboards and wipe the walls and making sure that, you know, your product's set out and the pillows are arranged and doing all that. It's so important to the guest experience. It's like that first impression when they walk in and, and you need to have that. You have to have good people. Absolutely. And I think too, having your people understand your quality standards and what you expect and making sure you have alignment on that is so important. And for me, I would rather pay a premium for cleaning, candidly, our guests pay for the cleaning anyway, right? So I'd rather pay a premium and have an amazing guest experience versus, hey, I'm going to take the cheap route and lower my cleaning fees. And, you know, unfortunately, we're devaluing the quality of our product. Our our short-term rental, our homes are our products. And yes. so it's really, really important that we invest in the quality of those products, in my opinion, in my opinion. Totally agree. Cool. All right. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think it's probably about don't, don't be so hard on yourself. That's much easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I read a book, a a book that was life-changing for me called Inner Size. And just bought it. No way. So I listened to you speak on another podcast and you recommended that book. And so I'm like into the second chapter because I was like, I'm going to get this book that Stacy recommended before we talk. Okay, girl, you've got to let me know what you think about it. For me, wow. it was life-changing is the only way I can describe it. But John, the author talks about no shame, no blame. This is where we are today, or this is, you know, what happened If we've made a mistake, we have to fix the mistake, but there's no shame, no blame. That does not belong in our vocabulary at all because shame and blame do nothing but hurt and there's no need for it. All we have to do is, again, keep putting one foot in front of the other and the right things will will happen. So absolutely. All right. What is one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? Can I have two? You can. All right. Well, it's my family, but it's my husband and my daughter. They are just, I mean, he is my rock, my support, and he's my biggest cheerleader. I love that. And he's always, he's encouraged, you know, encouraged me to speak to you and to put myself out there. And he's like, you need to tell your story. People need to know that they can do it too. And then my daughter, she's just the inspiration to 
work less and live more. Oh, I I was going to say, I think that is such a beautiful note to end on because it can be really easy for people to work more and live less. And finding that balance is so incredibly important. And our children are everything, right? We never want to look back and and wish we would have done something differently. So little Isla, you have a special mommy. <laughs> no, thank you. Ashley, if folks want to learn more about you or follow your cross-country adventures, where is the best place for them to find you online? So I have a website www.ajmyagent.com. And then they can also find me. I have two Instagram accounts. I have Ashley J. Arthur, and then I have at Awayframe. Love it. Thank you so much, Ashley. We so appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Now, before we go, I just want to give a quick shout out to some of the amazing ladies inside the female short term investors Facebook group. And yes, it is pretty much the best Facebook group on the globe. Okay, I just have to say that. But Lauren Brazil posted just a few days ago, how often do you replace your mattress encasements? We had lots of folks reply and I wanted to just shout out to Audrey Zapst. And Audrey, I apologize if I am saying your last name incorrectly. But Audrey says, I do quarterly deep cleans and wash the full encasement then. I keep both an encasement with a full zipper and a mattress protector on beds, and both are waterproof. The mattress protector gets washed after every guest, even on my sofa bed. All right. Now that is a very tactical question and answer, but something that is very important to know as a short-term rental host. Again, I just want to thank you for being here with me. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week and I will look forward to seeing you back here next week. Okay, sister, are you ready to start making your short-term rental dreams a reality, but feeling lost, stuck, or just overwhelmed? Here's what I know for sure. You deserve everything you're dreaming of, and you deserve to get it with ease, support, and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance, and start living your short-term rental dream, you need to watch this masterclass. Head over to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar right now to start watching. That's stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar, and I will see you there.